Hey, Rob, what do you think of our funky new football in Berkshire branding? They're great, Tom. Who's made them? They've been created by friend of FIB, Ellis Woods, who runs his own creative agency, Flair Media. He's heavily involved in grassroots football and kindly sponsors this very podcast. That's great. What else do they do? Well, it's funny you should say that, Rob. Ellis offers affordable digital marketing, digital and print branding like logos, banners, flyers and business cards, as well as website content creation and management. Go and have a look at flaremedia.online and tell Ellis we sent you. Hi everybody, we're back again. Uh, this will be episode eight of our pub, but not in a pub chats, uh, in conversation with podcasts uh, from Football in Berkshire. Uh, my name's Tom Canning and I am here with... Rob Davis. Rob always manages to leave. It's like he doesn't. It's like we've not done this seven times previously, and leaves a big <laughs> gap in between each one. Um, we have the absolute pleasure this Saturday, this fine Saturday, hopefully, uh, of welcoming uh, Danny Robinson, that manager of Thatcham Town FC, Berkshire's only FA Vars winning manager. Hello, Danny Robinson. Yeah, hi guys. How are you? Very well, very well. How are you uh, coping with things? Yeah, not so bad. Not so bad, really. Obviously, being in being in complete <laughs> lockdown and <laughs> you know only having the the dog and the missus for company and everything. You know, we haven't haven't shouted too much at each other yet, so uh, things are going all right at the moment. That, that's that's great. And what about the missus? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, you lined yeah, that one up for me. She, she, yeah, no, she's busy painting, and I'm busy being, you know, being boring. I think so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, things are going well so far in our household. Obviously, um, a bit of a shame for for Thatcham uh, since now the, the the league has been declared null and void. And I've seen a few people. Obviously, there's a, there's a lot of anger, um, but at the same time, I've also seen people posting on on that um, that uh, that barometer of of everything that's right and wrong with the world twitter uh, sort of saying you know it might be null and void but it doesn't mean that stuff didn't happen it doesn't mean that it's wiped away and for thatcham town that's a successful season i think yeah of course you know we finished 11th last season we wanted to try and better them obviously what we did last season the recruitment over the summer went went really really well um you know we brought in some fantastic players and we we kept the best you know of the players that we had from the the following uh, sorry from last season so you know it was something to build on it's a always say this level is a very unforgiving league you need to be you know at it every single game uh otherwise if you're not you get beat it's quite simple as that the bottom teams can beat the top teams so it's just you know we had to take this challenge full on and head on and you know it, it is gutting um I'm not going to hide behind the fact that everybody at the football club is is gutted and deflated for all the hard work and efforts and you know and everything we put into this season to put us in a good position that we were in. But at the end of the day, when all said and done, you know the, what's going on in the world and and life life is far more important than than any football game. And you know, okay, yes, it is what it is. We have to take it on the chin, and then obviously we have to try and plan as best as what we can for next season. Um, it. Obviously, sorry, Rob, go on. I was just going to say, did that decision come as a shock to you? Were you expecting um, uh, the FA to decide that the game, uh, the season was going to be finished on points per game, or were you expecting this result? If uh, you know, coming from the FA, uh, a bit of fifty-fifty, really. I, I wasn't expecting um, either or. To be fair, it's just one of the. Well, I expected one of the decisions to be made, either points per game or or null and void. It, of course. Us Satan top, you know, you, you want you're praying for points per game and everything like that, and it puts <laughs> us in 
you know, all we had the dream of doing was putting Fatum, you know, somewhere where it had never, never been before. You know, all the teams down the bottom wanted it null and void. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I can understand it. I can understand reasons for both and everything like that. I must admit, my first initiation was, uh, my first initial thought, sorry, was, was with anger, was, um, you know, I can't believe it's, you know, right, you know, wronged against us and everything like that. Felt sorry for, you know, the teams at the top of the divisions, you know, Jersey Bulls uh, that yeah. have actually won their league, yeah. you know, and things like that. But then, you know, like I said, uh, when you actually deep down and think about it and calm down a little bit, you know, at the end of the day, the FA has made their decision. You have to live with it. Um, if, you know, and it all pales in significance to what is actually happening. So, you know, as a football club, we try and bounce back as strong as what we can do, you know, and uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can be on good, steady footings for the start of next season. One, uh, one. I've just posted something on, on Friday evening uh, on the Football in Berkshire website from uh, Mark Rosier, who I, I don't know if you're aware of Mark, but Mark is the, the general manager at Woodley United and he's involved with a couple of couple of local leagues as well. And he said, one of the, one of the things about this whole thing is that clubs have certainty now. They have a decision. They have certainty, and and when all of the the sort of the irritation, the anger, as you say, fades away, we, you can start get you can get started with next season. Start planning for next season. And he said he said the fact that the decision's been made and there's some certainty was absolutely key now for clubs. Would you agree with that? Yeah, wholeheartedly. You know, at least you know we we moan and whinge at the FA that they prolong decisions and everything <laughs> like that. So you know to make a to make a decision very very quickly. Yeah, at least everybody knows where they stand. You know, that's one good thing that's come out of this week. Everybody now knows what league they'll be in next year. Yeah. You know, everybody knows uh, to plan, obviously, ahead for that. Um, of course, you know, we, you know, we, no one's to say that we would have gone on and won the league. There were still 11 games left. Don't get me wrong. I fully believe that we, we were in a great position and I obviously fully believe in, in ourselves that we, you know, we would have got the job done. But it's just, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, at least we do know now where we are next year yeah. you know we're still in Southern League football we're still you know it's still a brilliant division to play in brilliant teams and, and everything like that and things like what's happened just makes you miss football even more <laughs> and really never ever take anything for granted It's going to be a long time for a lot of us before we're actually out watching the game again which is um, for me personally uh, as someone you know I love football I love my lower I love, especially love lower league football otherwise you know wouldn't be probably wouldn't be speaking to you now Danny but also I think a break because we we never get a break from football. It's it's there. It's it's a hundred percent. And I think I think even even a hardened football fan must just at some point will go. Oh, do you know what? It was nice to have a little period of time where it was just a break. And because I, I I do think there is too much football just a, a, across week by week. You know, because even over the summer it's transfer news. It's this. It's that. Now currently, right now, the period we're in, absolutely nothing. Is that something that is is sort of the idea of no football? Is that terrifying to you, or, or um, is it something you can just you can rela- you can actually relax for a little while? Um, <laughs> I don't think I ever relax as being a manager. <laughs> you know, I'd, you know, hear some people already today. You know, trying to tap up players already <laughs> and everything like that. So oh, I saw that know, with uh, Ian Herring, wasn't it? At, at Hungerford. Yeah, indeed. So you know, like I say, football managers and footballers, they, they you never really stop. You don't really have a holiday from it. You can sometimes you try your very hardest to put it back, to, you know, the back of your mind and everything like that. Me personally, I live, breathe, eat football. It's the only thing, uh, you know, that it keeps me going, along with obviously the misses and everything like that as well. But at the end of the day, we it is it's actually one of those ones where you can turn off for a little bit 
Um, you can probably, you know, put your. We we've been involved in non-league football, especially. You miss so much, so much stuff. I know we can't go out and see our loved ones and everything like that at the moment, but the actual commitment-wise that you actually have to give, you know, from, you know, from the end of June when we go back into pre-season right through to May, you do miss out on so much family stuff. It is a massive commitment. You do miss, you know, certain things that go on in, in, in lives and things like that. So, you know, to have a little bit of time, you know, spend time, you know, like I said, with, with my wife and uh, be at home. And, you know, it, it is nice, you know, don't get me wrong, but I, I don't want it to last forever, I must admit. So <laughs> I, want, yeah, I want it to, to obviously get this period done with and hopefully, fingers crossed, we can get back to doing what we all love. Um, now, I know, as you, as you said, you alluded to earlier over the summer, you had a big change in uh, in personnel uh, at Thatcham. You brought in you brought in a couple of a couple of players. One uh, I wanted to mention, Felipe Barcelos, uh, scored a lot of goals for you. Also been sent off quite a lot. Um, and and you've got you've got Kyle Tews as well, who who's not afraid of a red card himself. Um, now I you know I th- th- they I've seen I've seen both of them play. They're they're um, they're they're absolutely excellent players. But how how do you deal with something like that as a as a manager? How I was talking to Simon Johnson on our previous podcast about kind of discipline and how he changed Reading City from. A side that lost points because of ill discipline. Obviously, Thatcham aren't losing points or weren't losing points because of uh, you know having players sent off. But how how did you deal with that as a as a manager? What do you say to players? It's probably been my worst year for discipline. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, as, as a manager, um, you know, going back through my Oxford and Winchester City days. But uh, it is. It's always say the most important thing is. Um, is, is the bag of wind. You have to concentrate on the football all the time. Um, you know, other outside factors, obviously referees, opponents and things like that. All that matters is, is that you concentrate doing your own job. You know, even I was guilty of it this year. I've, I've never been sent <laughs> off in my life. And for some reason I did, I saw red down at Larkpool, um, you know, the first ever time I've ever been sent off and got into trouble with that. But at the end of the day, you know, players are human. Football is an emotional game. Uh, you want your players to to feel everything, and you want your players to, like I say, run through brick walls for you. Uh, and sometimes it does overspill. But by and large, you know the two that you've just mentioned have been absolutely fabulous yeah. for us this year. You know they're, they're they're top quality players. I've been blessed to work with lots of good centre forwards like Warren Bentley, Zach Glassball. Um, you know one of my all-time favourites, Shane Cooper Clark, who's a, obviously an absolute fashion legend as well. Uh, but these, these these two are are very very good, you know, very very good, and um, you know they uh, they'd be the first ones to say, you know, the, the lads that play behind them, you know, do all the hard work, uh, and obviously those two do get the, the glory like yeah. all centre forwards do. So, <laughs> but no, I'm blessed to have them, and obviously John Mills, we signed John Mills, yes, uh, towards the back end of obviously the the season now as it is, and you know just bits and training that you see and the little snippets that we saw against uh, Basingstoke and Mangotsfield top class player as well so you know very very blessed to work with all the centre forwards that I have done So um, since you've been involved with Thatcham they seem to be going from strength to strength Um, you've obviously gone up through the uh, Hellenic Premier um, Division um, winning that a couple of years ago last season you seem to take to the Southern League pretty um, pretty well you know a strong mid-table finish and now this season you're pushing up towards the or you were top of the table when the season ended uh why do you think uh, what can you put that down to how how do you keep um progressing as a group of players and a club and as a manager and what do you put your success down to hard work determination 
you know, uh, you try and get to as many games and watch many games every training session that I like to do and like I say my coaches do uh, Andy Darton, Keith Pennicott, Bowen obviously you know well you know, I want it to be enjoyable, fun, hard working and try and get the best out of things my, my, my bit I'm, I'm a man manager I like to try and get the best out of people and you know I just Fratrim has been such a wonderful fit for me I live in Fratrim now um, I have done for the past 10 years <laughs> I actually turned down the job three times already before I took it on so uh, mm. you know, I, thought, yeah, I thought it's kind of destined to end up at well to, to manage Fatrim in the end but um, you know as a club as well every everything that I've ever wanted they've, they've backed within reason um, you know we are a, a self-run club there's no money man there's not one person that sticks his money in it's unfortunately this time you know what's happening it is if it's not open it's not making money so yeah. Unfortunately, you know, we're going to be a little bit behind and things like that. But at the end of the day, football for me is about progression. It is about trying to do the best as you physically can do uh, to win what we've won. You know, I, I don't want to stop there, you know, and I want to keep on, you know, whether it is with Fatrin, whether it is with, you know, another job, you know, a few years down the line, whatever it will be. You know, I just want to be the best manager I physically can be and, uh, you know, keep on progressing like that. Obviously, the, um, the, Sorry, Rob, go on. I was just going to say, just on that last point, you're saying about you being the best manager you can be. Is there anything that you uh, do regularly uh, in order to improve yourself rather than just uh, uh, your group of players and the coaches around you? Yeah, well, I need to stay out of McDonald's. That's the first and foremost. And it's <laughs> uh, but um, no, but uh, like I said, it's, it's about being a people person. Don't get me wrong, I've got it wrong loads of times. You know, it's, as a manager, you have, you have to learn from your mistakes. And there's probably, from for one every good player, I've probably got two players that will... So I'm not a very good manager. So, you know, you have to be a realist. You, you know, you, one thing in football, I find you don't know everything. Um, no matter what level you've played at, no matter what you do, you do not know everything. So, you know, it's important to have a good support system around you. I've been, once again, like I said, blessed with Keith and uh, uh, with Darts and we've had great physios in Nat Stern and obviously Declan is now doing it at the moment. So, you know, and goalkeeping coaches as well. So, I must admit, I never I never will turn around and say I know it all uh, because no one does. Uh, but as long as you learn from it, as long as you, uh, you know... You, don't lose your philosophy. That's probably one of the biggest things in football as a manager. As long as you've got your philosophy, stick to it. And, you know, touch wood so far. In, you know, I've been a manager since I was 21. Uh, you know, I think it's massed now to, to 15 trophies I've won. Um, you know, touch wood, it's actually been <laughs> quite successful. But uh, it's only got me to, to where I am today. But uh, like I said, I just want to keep progressing. I think uh, I think it's fair to say successful is uh, is um, you know, I, I watched Bracknell Town for twenty years and didn't didn't see a single trophy lifted so so fifteen fifteen trophies in a in a managerial career so far is uh, I think I think we can count that as successful. Um, Danny, I wanted to talk about the the big trophy that you won the the FA Vars, um, but I, I want to talk about that. But what I also want to talk about is um, leading up to the FA Vars. Obviously, you'd won the league, uh, you'd won the the Hellenic League Premier Division. And then you had two cup finals against uh, Binfield in the Floodlit Cup and then Bracknell Town in the Hellenic League Challenge Cup, uh, and follow- which would have been followed up by uh, the FA Vars. Now, you lost both of those games. 
Um, and I, I was at the I was at the Binfield game, and I know Roger Herridge, um, who I know you know, he he'd lost every cup final for Binfield he'd ever been in, and obviously Thatcham would have gone in that as heavy favourites. When when those two games came came around, and and obviously the results came in, and 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 you'd lost them, were were you worried at that point? Because I've always this is something I've always wanted to ask you about because you you lost both those games, and then you went on and just won the one that really mattered. Is is that is that were you worried? No, no. I must admit, pretty brutally honest with you, I wouldn't change a single thing that we'd done in both cup finals. No, not 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 to win the Vars. I must admit, like I said, that I used the two two cup finals as a as kind of like an audition for the players to try and try and get in the Vars side. Obviously, it did go too well with <laughs> both of them, but but he kind of uh, at the end of the day you know Jordan Brown for instance he wasn't you know he was he come in from Marlow um he was on kind of on the fringes of things he, he did play in the league a few you know a few times towards the back end of the season uh, and he was the best player i thought on the day uh, for us against Bracknell uh, in 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 the final and uh, you know really got me thinking and we had a good training session at Sellers Park before the actual final as well and he was outstanding in that, and that's what tipped it for me, you know. So, so I, I did use those two finals, you know, as a kind of, uh, you know, if you want to play in the big one, obviously you you got to earn your, you got to earn it. Yeah. But um, you know, obviously, <laughs> yeah, we're losing both. <laughs> Sometimes when you do lose a game, I think all managers agree you can make it a little bit easier for you and a bit more clarity of thought as well. So, you know, I wouldn't change anything for the world what we've done. Um, that season, you know, to go forty unbeaten as well, yeah. you know, to get to there is 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 phenomenal, really. I don't think anyone is going to go. I'd, actually, I'd have rather won the the floodlit and the and the chat in the <laughs> league cup, and oh, you can you can leave the vase. I don't think anybody's going to make that decision. So you know, it worked out all right in the end. But I, I guess my next my next point on that was then. So you bring Jordan Brown in. Um, who do you leave out, and how does that how does that conversation go? That's got to be tough. That's the worst, 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 worst day of my management. I think, along with the best, along with the worst, really. So the lead up to the Vars was, um, you know, obviously we trained at the Majeski. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Bosey actually, um, you know, helped us with, uh, and then obviously he helped us to train at Sellers Park. You know, going back to the football club, the football club done absolutely rolled out the red carpet for us. Um, you know, the weekend we had a, a lovely hotel in Cobham. Um, uh, you know, we were there on the Friday. We travelled, travelled to Sellers on the Friday morning. Trained at Sellers, then went to, then we went to um, uh, the uh, obviously to Wembley, where the players had a look at the pitch and uh, you know look in the changing rooms, and they were just getting ready, obviously for the FA Cup finals being played on the Saturday. So everything was out and put out, and it was truly breathtaking, really. But going back to it, yeah, like I say, Jordan Brown, he played his way in, and. Um, just the real thought process with me, me darts and bows was really that play players that were in form. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, if you get one one stab at this, one chance at this, sometimes don't go with your heart. You know, unfortunately, go with the players that are on form, the players that you think uh, that are playing, you know, playing well at the moment, and that's what we did. You know, I have to look at people like Tom Brown. Tom Brown's been an absolute brilliant servant to Fatton Town over the years. You know, even way before I got there as well. And, you know, I had to leave him out of the squad. I had to leave Michael Miller out of the squad, um, which, you know, Michael, I've known since Michael was nine years, ten years old. So, you know, you can't really have, you know, sentiment when it comes to that. Yeah. You just have to go with what you think's best. 
And, you know, obviously people, they didn't know the squad until the morning where we had breakfast before we were to leave for the, the actual um, the game. How did how did how was that taken then? Because I can only imagine devastation, but also supporting the team, I guess. Yeah, it was. You know, lucky enough. Well, I say lucky enough. We had people like Dan Rapley, obviously Liam Ferdinand. Um, you know that uh, couldn't play in the actual vase itself, but they come and done the whole experience with us as well. So you know they they were great people to have in there around the change room as well. So. Yeah, you know, it is. It was a horrible feeling and, you know, you're taking away someone's dream of playing at the National Stadium. Don't, you know, that, that will never, that will always haunt me. It, it will do because, you know, Michael lives, <laughs> Michael lives four minutes from the house. I see him pretty much every day, near enough, you know, and things like that. So, and he's obviously still with the football club now, playing, you know, playing for us. So, it is, it is, it is very bittersweet from that. But once that bit's done, I must admit, the overriding feeling of excitement and, you know, getting to get to Wembley and, you know, just to manage and walk out. And the, the thing that got me the most was the singing the national anthem, you know, right before mm. the break as well. I was just going to ask about that. Like, um, for any manager in this country, you know, to manage at Wembley has got to be a, a dream, a bucket list item. So, uh, what was it? Uh, what was it like, uh, just in the changing rooms, like walking out with the team, the national anthem? You know, what is it like to uh, manage a team at Wembley Stadium? Yeah, it's a dream come true. You know, I was never any good as a player. And I think anybody can vouch for that. Even <laughs> even when I joined in a little bit at training, I'm, yeah, the worst trainer in the world. So, the worst player. So, but to, to, to walk out, you know, my dad was, my dad's a kit man at Fatrim as well. So, you know, one of the moments that I'll probably always cherish would be that, you know, we took a picture in the centre circle, you know, together. Um, you know, my dad's been one of my heroes all my life. So, and he, you know, and the reason why I love football so much is because my dad does. So, you know, it's just little bits like that. You know, my wife, once again, Fatrim looked after her. She she was allowed to go in the Royal Box for the day, you know, champagne laid on, everything laid on for her. And, you know, it was just amazing. And when you when you get to the tunnel and you, you look out, and you see the big like pyrotechnics and the flames and everything like that. You just think to yourself, "Wow, this is not me." It's kind of almost like an out of body experience, yeah. but uh, it is. And when you walk out there, and you know, I was dressed up like a kipper in a suit, and all I can remember is being so hot as well. So it, it was just, just a, a phenomenal day. You had face cap as well, didn't you? Yeah, I like to think I set the trend for Gareth Southgate. Oh, you've, yeah, you've, you've, <laughs> you've um. Really to hold my belly in, and uh, <laughs> so um, you know it is. It's just a yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal day. That one thing, like I say, I will never ever forget. You've you've beaten me. Sorry, Rob. You've beaten me to my big question there, uh, which was going to be: Did you did do you think Gareth looked at you and went, "Yeah, waistcoats"? Yeah, he probably did. He probably, <laughs> probably goes, "I could wear it ten times better than, than <laughs> he, what he does." Lucky, you know. I, I think I look like more like Steve Evans rather than Gareth Southgate, but uh, you know, <laughs> slightly but, friendlier yeah, than Steve Evans, he, I suspect. He, he, yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely more entertaining, though. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 I made a conscious effort once again to wear a suit, and um, you know, the Michael Dunwell, the Stockton manager, he, he 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 wore a suit to start off with, and then the second half, I looked at him, he had shorts and t-shirt on, so. <laughs> I thought, yeah, he stitched me up a little bit there, but um, yeah, no, it was all, all all panned out well in the end. At what point during that game did you think, like, yeah, we've got this now, we're going to win at Wembley, and uh, or did it happen after the game, and did it actually sink in straight away that you uh, what you'd done yeah, as a team? 
it, it, I must say, once again, just going back to what you can remember from the day, I remember the feeling of um, uh, when the whistle went, I turned around and the first person to kind of jump with me was um, was Yash Romeo and, and, and Mellors. You know, Mel's, Mel's come yeah. off with, um, with with cramp. I don't think he's ever done that in all his life, but uh, <laughs> I do. I, you know, he come off and, um, you know, he jumped jumped on us and everything like that. And all he, I think all he kind of, from what I can remember, he said, we... F and done it. I think. I think that's what he was. <laughs> and then everybody obviously ran over. And I still, you still got to show obviously class, and you have to go over to yeah. uh, Stockton and everything like that. And that's when it kind of hit me. You know, when I when I saw all the players actually running on towards the fans and everything like that, I thought, wow, we we've actually just arguably <laughs> won the second biggest competition in non-league football. So yeah. it was, yeah, that's kind of. And then walking up the steps once again. You know, I'm unfit, so I was blowing, blowing quite hard, <laughs> walking up the steps, uh, and to get onto the balcony and um, yeah, just to overlook and see all the fans celebrating, it was phenomenal. So obviously, uh, oh. Shane Cooper Clark stepping up for a penalty. Um, I must admit, and I have, I've said this to him, and we are going to speak to him in a couple of weeks as well, I think. Um, but when he first came to Bracknell, he could not hit a barn door. <laughs> he just there was one game in particular. I remember it was at Palmer Park Stadium and. The poor lad. He was just. He was trying. He was trying. He couldn't. And and then you know to 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 kind of turn that around, be in front of Wembley, and there's not anybody else you'd want taking a penalty. I would. I would suspect. Was there any doubt in your mind that he was not going to score? No doubt whatsoever. You know, arguably the the best finisher that I've I've witnessed in my non-league career. You know, and um, you know Shane got better and better. You know, yeah. he, he did when when he did come from. Obviously, he knew he knew Bose anyway. Obviously, from his time at Bracknell and everything like that. And uh, he was a top top. Player. You know, he was a top player. You knew that he proven. But one thing that we didn't really have at the time at Thatcham was a proven proven goal scorer that will go and get thirty goals a season. And one thing with me, I have to have one of them. Yeah, um, I have to, yeah. It's always handy to have one of them. So, but he li- with with Shane live breathes and eat football. That's all he cares about is his football. You know, I'm, I'm gutted to see that his season obviously didn't pan out as well as what he had hoped to, especially with injuries and everything like yeah. that. Um, you know, his dad take his dad has to have a lot of credit as well because uh, he ferries him about everywhere. He drives drives <laughs> him everywhere. You know, he always goes and even when we were training he would sit in the car park with his car because he dropped you know waiting for him to finish training yeah. so but a phenomenal player and i'm sure you know when he gets back fit and gets back firing again he's going to be a, a hell of a force in the summer league for bracknell if he decides to stay there and i'm sure you know at the end of the day he he is the fashion's all-time top goal scorer and he is an absolute legend at the football club Rob, did, oh, sorry, I thought you, Rob, I thought you put your finger up there. <laughs> oh, I didn't. No, that was a pen. Sorry, so it's a but, um, breakdown um, in communication. Sorry, Danny. <laughs> um, now, I, I guess. Um, I'm sorry, I've completely lost my train of thought now. Well, I've got one if you need one. So yeah, uh, go go. I was going to say, like with with Thatcham, like moving away from the FA bars, uh, as much as you could probably talk about that all night. But um, uh, with Thatcham, what is the ambition now, and uh, how far do you think? You can take them, and uh, yeah, how? Where do you see them in a few years' time? Good question. Obviously, before this happened, um, mm. like I always say, we, you know, Thatcham are a very, very um, well-run football club. There's no money man. Everything's self-generated. Everything, yeah. you know, is done done the right way and the proper way, and everything like that. 
but obviously, with what's happened now, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's what's around the corner because, like I said, if when the club's shut, it's not earning money. Yeah. So, but you know, just going back just before this happened, you know, um, the club is ambitious. You know, it's the first time that we've, um, you know, been top of the Southern League and everything like that. He, he, he only wants to go one way. He wants to uh, try and get as high as he physically can. The new chairman, Damien, who's come in, you know, he's he's full of ideas and full of enthusiasm. Uh, and he's, you know, he's really, you know, has led from the front, as it were. We want him to, you know, he, he has been a, a big, big plus point. But then also it's all kind of backed up with the, with the hard-working people that's been there for years, like Sylvia, Eric and Stuart Bailey. So, you know, the club as it stands, we want to try and, you know, push it as far as it can. You know, always say tongue-in-cheek, my, my job's done when uh, when we finish above Hungerford. So, <laughs> always, always tongue-in-cheek and, uh, you know, hopefully fingers crossed, you know, they, they can get back on track as yeah. well. But, uh, you know, it's um, I just want to progress it and, you know, really see how far it can go. Uh, everything at Fatham's geared up you know, to, to go as far as it physically can. And, you know, with me, if they want me, you know, the contract finishes in, in a month's time now. So if they want mm-hmm. me to stay on, which I've been told they do, but, uh, you know, then we're going to attack next season head on. When uh, when when Rob and I bumped into you at Windsor a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago now, um, mm-hmm. you, you did sort of you you were mentioning about contract because you're you're on a two year contract at Thatcham and that was that was due due soon. I mean, hopefully, hopefully that'll all that'll all come through, uh, and you you can you can carry on for another two years. But just in that sort of two years, sorry, so, so so sort of obviously injection of cash aside, what what do you think the club needs to do to kind of push on now? without someone coming along and with a magic pot of money yeah of course well like anything we need they're working tirelessly to get donations in to sort out an astroturf for for training out the back right yes which can be be let out we know that if you can actually get the astroturf it can it can really you know it's a license to print money really truthfully let's be honest because obviously people want to come use it and everything like that that's one thing that needs to be you know, try and be continued with and trying to try and get going. Uh, the, the club itself is quite, you know, it's always quite busy with functions, you know, parties and weddings and unfortunately wakes and, and things like that. But it really needs to keep progressing as in off the pitch as well, to, trying to raise money. And obviously, like any football club and lifeblood, it is about raising money. But um, if we can get the Astro turf, you know, which, you know, we are, close to yeah obviously it still does need obviously obviously more donations and things like that you know to, for it to happen and that will really you know push this football club on even even more and even further you've reminded me now because dave has told me about this uh the chairman and i i said to him i'd write something up and i've i've with everything that's been going on i've i've, I've not done it yet but i've got it, it it's something I'll, I'll get written up um Danny, just to just to round things off because we've we've taken up quite a lot of your time now actually, um, but just to round things off, I remember when uh, when we did bump into you at Windsor, I was chatting to to your assistant Keith Pennicott Bowen, who who as you mentioned, I do know from sort of Bracknell days, and he was saying that you were there to watch uh, to watch two players who were both playing for for Royal Wooden Bassett. Can you can you just tell uh, tell the listeners what happened that afternoon that evening? Yeah, I think yeah, I don't think we'll be allowed to send to uh, send players to Wooten Bassett. It's lucky, lucky Sam Collier is a very good friend of mine. But, um, yeah, no, one decided to get sent off, and then two minutes later, one decided to get Simbin. So, 
And it's quite funny, yeah, as in sending people online, you think, right, you need to go and be the best player yeah. to want reports back. And, <laughs> you know, it's actually quite nice to go and actually, like I said, get to a game and watch a couple of your players without being involved in it. And, yeah, and once again, that was typical. Well, Michael Miller, I think that's the first sending off he's had in years. <laughs> and uh, John Beden, who's never been really short of a few words, to be fair. Um, we've got Simbind as yeah. well, so... Lucky Sam, uh, yeah, lucky Sam is a uh, is a friend of mine. Yeah. And, and he uh, he kind of uh, said, "Don't do that to me again." Which <laughs> um, Danny, thanks very much. Rob, was there anything else you wanted to wanted to ask? Um, Danny, no, that's been great fun. Any anything you wanted to uh, anything you wanted to, to to pass on, Danny? No, just like I say, I just want to say a massive thank you, um, especially to you know my football club and um, you know. Who, who's looked after us and uh, you know in this current climate and everything that's happening on like i said in the world and everything yeah. obviously everybody to to stay safe look after each other you know obviously cherish the moments that you spend together as well and really and truthfully at the end of the day that's the most important you know you don't want to you don't want we love our football of course we do we miss our football of course but the first and foremost the most important thing in your life is your family so football will always come back you know, so you must, must, must look after the family and your loved ones and your cherished ones. And, uh, you know, when it does come back, let's make sure that we uh, enjoy it and embrace it again and uh, and uh, make sure that we hopefully never, ever miss it again. Danny, thanks very much. Um, that was Danny Robinson there. Um, he'll, be on, oh. he'll, be, he'll be back just in a sec. Oh, sorry, Rob, go on. You forgot the last question, Tom. No, oh, oh, good grief! I did, didn't I? Sorry, Danny. There is one more question we've been asking everybody whilst we're in isolation. Well, this this is terrible production values. Um, whilst we're in all isolation, we've been asking everybody that's come on um, to recommend a podcast to our listeners. To recommend? Box sorry. Uh, oh God, it's it's Friday box. night. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's Friday night. <laughs> a box yes. set to our listeners that you've been watching or, or could recommend to them. Oh God, a box set. Um... Obviously, I've just finished the trials of Aaron Hernandez on Netflix. Oh, okay. Um, I'm currently watching uh, a Maradona documentary <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, which is yeah, which is quite interesting. Um, but uh, as in box set, I'm real sad. I'm really sad. I, I, I'm a Rocky fan. Oh, okay. So I'd, I'd sit here and. Uh, okay. I watched Rocky one, two, three, four, Balboa, and then Creed <laughs> one and two as well. So, which drives Gemma absolutely mad. But, uh, but anything like that, yeah, I, I can recommend anything sporty, anything to get your adrenaline going. So, fantastic. Right, I'm, I'm going to attempt to round off properly this time. So, um, big thank you to to Danny Robinson for coming on and talking to us. Um, this is the the football in Berkshire, Berkshire football stories slash pub, but not in a pub chats. Uh, you can find out more about us at footballinbarkshire.co.uk. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just type and search for Football in Berkshire and find us on Twitter at FI Berkshire. So that's that's all really. Um, all that is for us to say is it's goodbye from me, Tom Canning, and Rob. Goodbye from me. And Danny Robinson, goodbye from you. Yeah, goodbye. Cheers, fellas. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah.